If you are a faithful steward of God's resources, you know that God requires the first fruits of our increase. Tithing is a critical aspect of stewardship, but the question is, how are you managing the 90% God entrusts to you? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to teach on this subject in this message, The Qualities of a Faithful Steward. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. And Father, as we prepare to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we thank you for holy communion. What a sacred moment in the house of God with the people of God to the glory of God. I count myself blessed to be in your house. There's nothing like the church of God where we come to worship your name in the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me to preach now as if it's my last time because the truth be told, this is all of our last time in this church house until you give us another opportunity because tomorrow is not promised. Help us to listen and to document and to receive and to process and to refuse to be distracted. I pray in the name of Jesus, those who are worshiping on Facebook and live stream, I pray that they not be eating donuts while they worshiping. I pray they not... Pray cut off the television, leave the toast alone and bacon and eggs. If they're going to worship at home, help them to worship and not be multitasking in the name of worship. Oh God, let those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God has to say. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Have your Bibles. You can turn to We'll start off with Psalms 24.1, and then we will transition to a number of passages. We're going to be going right through. You don't have to write so much unless you are led to write some side notes. And, um, and we'll just see what he does with this message to the glory of God. This is a three-part series today because finances is critical in the life of the church. Scripture is replete with uh, the stewardship of our finances. And there are so many people uh, lack the knowledge of what the Bible says and they cut themselves short spiritually because they miss out on the blessings of God because of a lack of the knowledge of the word of God. But the title of this series is, What Does God Require of a Faithful Steward? What does God require of a faithful steward. Even though God has entrusted us to manage his resources, mind you, I said his resources, not ours, we have a tendency to think we have ownership instead of stewardship, which is to manage that which God has entrusted to us. That's stewardship. We are managing that which God has entrusted to us. Because everything uh, belongs to God and he has loaned it to us. It's, it's under our care for just a season. 
God has given us the responsibility of managing our families. We've been entrusted by God to, to manage our careers, employees, for those who have them. Your body belongs to God, so you need to manage your health. Your finances is to be managed uh, properly before the Lord. We're to manage God's time, retirement. We are to manage the spiritual gifts that God has endowed us with. We are to manage the material possessions, just to name a few, and I can name many, many more. If we fail to keep the right spiritual perspective, especially when it comes to our finances, we will usurp the authority of God who is the owner and not seek him. If we don't have a spiritual perspective, a biblical perspective, we will not trust God and we will not allow him to govern our financial decisions. This will result in mismanagement. When we don't allow God to be in charge of our finances, then we're going to have financial worries If you don't allow him to be in charge of that which he has entrusted to you that belongs to him, you're going to have financial woes and financial troubles. If you desire to set your financial house in order, it is crucial to place your finances under God's divine management. Under God's divine management. You will not put your finances under God's divine management until you first come to realize that God owns it all. That's a profound principle in scripture because it says it directly. God owns it all, including you. You say, how do you know that? Because of what the Bible says. Psalms 24, 1, I said, was the opening verse. It says, the earth is the Lord's and all is fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. The earth. And by the way, not, not only just the earth, that's, that's all the other planets too. That's, that's Mars and, and, and all the others. Everything belongs to God. I don't know why man is trying to get to these other planets. We're not doing that well on earth. I think we need, we got some good business we need to take care of right here. We don't have this together yet and we're trying to get somewhere else. All we're going to do is mess it up. (laughs) What does God own? What does God own? Number one, God owns, the word is creation. He owns creation, visible and invisible. That means he owns the things you can see and he also owns the things you cannot see. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Colossians 1.16 also says, for by him, the Lord Jesus Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, for his glory. Now, we often take the visible things we see for granted. How much more of those things which are invisible? You know, just think about your body. 
you know, you think about your, your skin tone and skin color, or you think about the color of your eyes, or you might think about your nails or things about that. Oh, you can see that. But you know what's more important is those things you can't see. When is the last time you thank God for the things he's given you that you can't see? What about your liver? When is the last time you thank God for your spleen? <laughs> your Adam's apple. What is, <laughs> when is the last time you thank God for your kidneys? You know how problematic that can become when your kidneys go out? You know, and on and on it goes. So we ought to thank God even more, thank God even more for the things we cannot see in our body. Um, we often take the visible things we see for granted. How much more the invisible things? What are some of the invisible things in this world we take for granted? Well, the ozone layer, which absorbs most of the biologically damaging ultraviolet radiation from the sun. What's that time you thank God for the ozone ozone layer <laughs> that you won't get too much radiation uh, from the sun. That ozone layer allowing only a small amount to pass through. Too much or too little can affect you. What about the oxygen? When, when is the last time you thank God for the oxygen we breathe? When is the last time you thank God for a gentle breeze? When is the last time you thank God for gravity? I dropped some money and then the money fell on the ground. I said, oh God, thank you for gravity. Because what if that $100 bill floated to the top of that ceiling? That would be quite problematic. What if your baby you put on the floor went up? When is the last time you thank God for gravity? The psalmist says in Psalms 14, 1a, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And if he can see all of this and say there's no God, he is a downright fool. We must not lose sight of the reality that God owns it all. And the Bible says that you are a fool if you do not believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Number two, God owns the word is earth. God owns the earth. Genesis 1, 9, B through 10, A says, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Verse 10, and God called the dry land earth. It's amazing how some of the astronauts and scientists, the wealthy and the curious, desire to go to other planets in our solar system to explore the possibilities of life. Yet there is so much we do not understand about planet earth, that we live on, especially when it comes down to discovering cures, for example, cures of diseases like cancer, AIDS, ALS, MS, sickle cell, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and much more. Number three, God owns all the word is precious metals, stones, silver, and gold. God owns all the precious all the, the word is precious, metals, stones, silver, and gold. Fill those words in the blank. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. You're talking about gold? It belongs to God. The silver is God's. My friends, we get so excited about rubies and diamonds and gold, silver and other precious gems and metals that we that have to be dug up out of the earth and refined 
They only serve as a prelude to all that God has in store for us in heaven. The whole of heaven is arrayed with gold and precious stones. You don't believe me? You turn your Bibles to, if you can, to Revelation chapter 21, last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verses 18 through 20. You see some astounding uh, gems and diamonds and things. All of these things are right there in heaven. Uh, The construction of his wall was of jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass. Verse 19, the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Don't worry if you don't get all that stuff down here. You're going to be walking on this stuff up there. It's going to be all in the walls. So don't get, you get one little something that's on your finger and you all shocked and pressing all around it. Man, when you get, when you get to heaven, if, if God can let you transport that little thing on your hand, you'll be hiding it. You, you'll be hiding it because it's, it's, it's less than a, a speck of dust. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardonyx. The sixth, sardius. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. Ah! The tenth, Chrysoprase, the 11th, Jacinth, and the 12th, Amethyst. I had to practice those words, you know. <laughs> Number four, God owns the solar system. He owns the solar system. Genesis chapter 1, 16 through 18 says, Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. God does nothing bad. Everything God does is good because God is inherently good. In him is no evil, no guile. God, a God owns the sun. That big blazing ball up yonder, yes, God, not only he created it. The sun is the star at the center of the solar system. And is by far the most important source of energy for life on earth. The amount of sunlight exposure is vital in maintaining a normal circadian rhythm. These rhythms include physical, mental, and behavioral changes that follow a 24-hour cycle and responds to light and darkness in the body's environment. Regular sunlight exposure can naturally Increase the serotonin levels in your body, making you more active and alert. And some of you slow and you're lethargic and you're dragging because you're, you're on the couch. You need to get out in the sun so that you can be normal. <laughs> That's what it's saying here. 
Regular sunlight exposure can naturally increase the serotonin level in your body. You need some serotonin making you more active and alert. Some of you won't get a tan. You're not out there long enough to get a tan. Your kids, get them, out, get them off that, the technology. Say, boy, go get you some sun. Go climb a tree. The most notable benefit of exposure to sunlight is its ability to boost your body's vitamin D supply. Vitamin D is so essential to the body and the effects on the body. B, God owns the moon. There are many ways the moon benefits the earth. The moon reflects light from the sun onto earth, helping nocturnal animals see at night. The moon's gravity helps keep the earth from wobbling. Without the moon, the earth would wobble, making weather and temperatures uneven, uneven and extreme if the moon is out of order. And when God set those things in motion, they work to perfection. Ocean tides are caused by the moon's gravity. Tides are beneficial to sea animals that live in tide pools. See, God owns the stars. There are a multitude of stars in our Milky Way galaxy alone. However, man can only estimate the number of stars but God knows the exact number of stars and knows them all by name. You ever seen stars out there? God, just imagine, that's staggering. He knows all of the stars. He can identify them and he can say, you know what? The name of that star there is this, the name of that one. And you see them five, those five over there? You see those 150 over there? You see those 200,000 over there? Let me just call you their names. I can do it in a half of a second. They're mine. Psalms 147.4 says, he counts the number of stars. He calls them all by name. What a mighty God. He knows every star all by name. I would just love to hear God just call the name of the stars. He, and so, you know, if he knows the name of the stars, he knows the name of his children. <laughs> that gets good. Uh, uh, uh. Then what a mighty God we serve. As we look at the sun, the moon, the stars, we can all agree with the psalmist when he says in Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Beloved, God created such a spectacular universe until many people and believers alike really do not want to leave here, even though we are living in a fallen creation. A lot of folks say, I don't want to go. I love the Rocky Mountains. I love the Pacific Ocean. And we, my wife and I have been to many oceans around the world, and they're beautiful. To see the sun set over the horizon of those oceans is absolutely stunning. There's such beautiful, I've been down in New Zealand. I've been up to the Swiss Alps. You know, we've been in the Rocky Mountains. We've been to the Ozars. And you just go to all these places and you say, oh my God, what a mighty God we serve. God did such a good job till even in this fallen creation, we don't want to leave it. You think the earth we live in is something? Just wait till we get to heaven. It is stunningly beautiful and stunningly indescribable.
Number five, God owns the ocean. The word is oceans, lakes, rivers, and streams. God owns the ocean, lakes, rivers, and streams. Genesis 1, 9a says, then God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Genesis 1:10b says, and the gathering together of the waters he calls seas. And they stay within their boundaries until he orders them beyond. And God saw that it was good. About 70% of the earth's surface is covered with water. 97% of the water of the earth is salt water. Salt water is filled with salt and other minerals. Those of you who are going with me to Israel, one of the most fascinating seas to be in is in the Dead Sea. I mean, when you get in, you got to be careful. You say, why? Because it's so many minerals and it's, 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 the content is so, uh, so full of minerals until you f- actually float on top of the water. And if you're not careful, you can just float on out there. You don't go down. You just float on top. Matter of fact, the minerals are so rich. You have all the Dead Sea products off of the, uh, 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 off of the Dead Sea. The best products are, are, are from there. People order them and people stock up on them. If you get a cut or a bruise or something and you step in that water, it's going to burn for a while, but it's the best medicinal help you can get for your skin. Now, don't drink it. You, uh, you go to heaven prematurely. Two <laughs> percent of the water on earth is glacier ice at the North Pole and South Poles. Less than one percent of all the water on earth is fresh water that we can actually use. We use this small amount of water for drinking, transportation, heating and cooling industry and many other purposes. Uh, number six, God owns plant life. God owns plant life. Genesis 1, 11 through 12 says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs that yield seed and the fruit trees that yield fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Whatever God said and ordained, it happened. Verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the trees that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. My friend, the variety of foods and produce we get from plant life is absolutely incredible and stunning, to say the least. Let me give you just one amazing example. Scientist George Washington Carver, a black man born in 1860, changed the way we live today in so many ways. A smart, brilliant man indeed. Not only did he invent peanut butter, he also came up with over 300 products from the peanut. From that 300 products from the peanut. Such, let me just give you an example. Uh, uh, such as flour, paste, insulation, paper, wallboard, wood stain, soap, shaving cream, skin lotion, ink, and even candy. What a smart, br- and yet very few people know George 
Washington cover. What a shame. This is just from one plant. In addition, guess what? He invented crop rotation. His inventions contributed greatly to the economic improvement across America. That's just a little bit of what that great man did. Number seven, God owns the sea creatures. Genesis 120 verse 120a says, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Genesis 121 says, so God created sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded. Not only does God own the sea creatures, but they also obey him immediately and without procrastination. The the sea creatures, they obey him immediately and without procrastination. Whereas Jonah, who was commanded to go and preach in Nineveh, rebelled and fled to Tarshish, resulting in being swallowed by a great fish. Now he ran from God. God parked a big fish there and said, swallow him. The fish didn't say, I'm not going to swallow him. It may be your fault, God. No, he did just what God said. God says, Jonah, go preach. Go preach. He ran. God says, fish, swallow. Oop. He swallowed him. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaEssay.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.